What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another podcast here at City of Hope Church. This is our small group series, and we're currently going to be talking about part two of the chapter, The Way of Formation. This is going to cover pages 60 through 73. Um, the last episode we ended in talking about the heart, what it what it means for us to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we talked quite a bit in detail about the heart. Now we're going to jump straight into talking about the soul. Uh, and so, you know, God wants every single part of us, and when we are not giving our full selves to Him, we are divided, which brings about a lot of problems in our life. And so our soul, is uh, it, it expresses the sorrow and joy that inevitably accompany the life of faith. It's... Um, and I like what it says here, Clay. Uh, it gives a couple different scriptures how Job says, I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Uh, David writes uh, here, as the deer pants for streams of water, my soul pants for you. And so our soul pants, it longs, it becomes downcast, it's dis- it's disturbed, it also hopes. And so it's our emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, God is after the appropriate rightly ordered full expression of our emotions toward him and what i found uh even in my own life and and with a lot of folks i think we just have a a real hard time clay of, of expressing our emotions and giving that side of ourselves to god yeah it is and and um you know one of the things that it talks about in here is uh, just the fact that jesus himself was was uh so emotionally he, he he expressed the full range of human emotion before god yeah in a proper sense he experiences anger he experiences joy he experiences uh really some despair like when he's in the garden of gethsemane he goes f- through the full range of human emotion but he he knows how to express them to god yeah and i think a big part of our issue is is that we don't do a great job at it. Like even no. the script, even the scriptures that you that you read here in the beginning. I tell people all the time, you need to read through the Psalms. Yeah. Because basically, what you see constantly is is David and other other psalmists that are writing some psalms. They're just, they're pouring out their soul. Yeah. Matter of fact, they say that often. They say, "I pour out my soul before God." Uh, but but you you even read there, my soul longs for you god i I complain in the bitterness of my soul and then he he even questions his soul sometimes he's like why my soul are you downcast yeah and 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 it's what he's it's what he's feeling it's what he's going through he'll he'll list like he'll pour out his complaint what he's going through what he's experiencing his enemies and then he'll say god this is how i'm feeling right now yeah and you know i'll say this like even even uh, last night I'm, I'm in my prayer closet and it's like I've just gotten um, news from various aspects that sort of just it's almost like I've just sort of felt the burden of the the state of the world and the condition of the church at large and 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 almost maybe the grief of God's heart and so I just sort of felt overwhelmed honestly but I didn't say anything I'm just sitting there yeah maybe your wife picks up up on on stuff like that when you feel a certain way but yeah maybe you do a good job at venting um maybe the you know your emotions in a healthy way maybe you don't um but but I went I remember I just I just said I'm gonna go pray a minute and I went to the prayer closet and I sat down man and you know two or three minutes in I just start to break down start to cry 
because all that stuff that I feel building up, I'm not really processing because I'm trying to keep it suppressed and all this. And that most of the time, that's what we do. Yeah. And we don't know of a place where we can actually uh, express the express our emotions before God. But I'm telling you, when we can pour our souls out in a healthy relationship and a conversation with God, that's when we actually start to hear the voice of God. Yeah. That's when we start to find freedom. We, When we can mourn properly, Jesus even said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Another way of saying that is, blessed are those who bring that which is on the inside to the outside. Yeah. And when they bring that which is in them on the outside before God, they find spiritual comfort and healing in that. Yeah. And uh, and so, yeah, I mean, bringing our emotions to God, um, God desires that we bring our emotions to Him, experience your emotions in His presence, and bring those emotions into alignment with our love for God. And and when we do that, it's like God can sort of recenter our emotions. There's yeah. a release, and we can give Him our anger, and we can pour that out. We can give Him our frustrations, our complaints. But then there's a peace that comes in it, and He and He gives a reordering to it. He allows us to see things from His perspective, and uh, and and there's a comfort that comes. And and so then we know how to be angry appropriately. Yeah, we know how to. Um, be upset and even complain appropriately. Yeah. Uh, we know how to, because we can mourn properly and experience deep grief, we can also on the other end of that spectrum then go into deeper levels of joy. Right. Most people can't experience deep levels of joy because they don't know how to enter into deep levels of grief whenever they go through pain, and so they just numb themselves. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and so he... You know, he talks about how many of us have grown up in families or environments that taught us to be dead to our emotions. And so we don't have a bandwidth for sadness and happiness and how to how to really be emotionally healthy. Yeah. Is that something you feel like maybe you've experienced in your life or? Yeah, for sure. I think my wife and I both um, and she could probably get on, I'm not going to get into details, but she could even share a lot of this as part of her personality. But, um, you know, a, a lot of, you know, she lost her parents when, yeah. when she was uh, a teenager and for a long time, she, she didn't grieve properly. Mm-hmm. And so it started to come out in a variety of different ways. But one of those ways, uh, that she's talked about before is kind of like, just like a numbness yeah. to things. And, and I think when we go through issues, we, we do we do we suppress things uh and we we put them on a shelf and we we think we're we think by not dealing with them uh that we're it's just kind of going away yeah. but it's really taking root in our lives and it starts to overflow in a lot of yeah. like everything is affected when you don't when you when you when you don't deal with your emotions properly it starts to affect every single aspect of your life. Yeah. Um, and it, he even goes on to, t- you know, t- not only are you dead, you become, sometimes you become slaves to your emotion. Mm-hmm. I know for, for me, being diagnosed like with Crohn's disease, for example, there's like a, there's a, a part of you at times that just wants to play like the victim mentality. Yeah. And you just become a slave of, oh me, oh my, look at the, the you know, this is the hand I've dealt. Um, and, and, and and so, yeah, it's dangerous, man, and it starts to affect everything you do. I remember some of the the most freeing times for me was when I, 
you know, I, I had questions about my sickness or questions about things I was going through in life. And I was just able to be honest before God at certain times, like whether I was, you know, in my bedroom praying or, or driving or whatever, and just kind of being angry to a degree and, and just kind of breaking down in tears and just kind of being vulnerable. But on the other side of that was a lot of like weight gone as well. It's like I was able to deal with it, get it off my chest, and then you receive some clarity on the other side of it Yeah, when you're able to do that. And it's not always easy. I get that, but it's important. Yeah. You know, you know I struggle with my emotions as I think everybody does. I, I'd like to find somebody that's just like mentally and emotionally just like constantly sound, you know, <laughs> <laughs> if, if you're out there, come, let's have a talk. Uh, but, but that's the whole point is that it, like, even if you read the book of Psalms, the whole point is like, we're all going through that stuff. Yeah. Bad things happen. Loss happens. Attacks happen. Enemies happen. Betrayal happens. Hurt happens. And and you see these guys going through it and, and poor. I think it's Psalm 88. Like there ain't even a good word said in it. It's just like all this like life is horrible. Everything stinks. My enemies have killed me. God, you're nowhere to be found. I mean, like if you read that, I'm like, is this even, Lord, did you mean to put this in here? But but the point is, is what he's saying is this is a human condition. Yeah. You've got a soul. You've got emotions. And you have to learn to pour your soul out to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, what happens with me is if I get overwhelmed and, and built up and frustrated and aggravated, usually, you know, Andrea takes takes the brunt of that. Like I'm I'm venting to her. Yeah. And sometimes if I do that in a healthy way, I vent and I'm able to say, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm good though. It's all good. We just need we need to pray about it. Maybe we do pray about it. But sometimes I get to where, and here's the thing, she's she can, she can't always be the recipient of that. Yeah. Uh, what what I have to learn to do continually and and is that I have to realize, okay, Clay, your emotions are a little bit out of order here. You're aggravated, you're frustrated, there's anger creeping in, and, you know, you don't need to be taking this out on Andrea or anybody else. Yeah. Take this to the Lord. Yeah. And in, if I do that, I find so often that I receive peace and I receive something that, that from God that will reorder my emotions, and then I'm, I'm able to tap into that love and that peace and that joy that comes from the spirit. Uh, but otherwise, you know, yeah. I would just be constantly dealing with that. But it, I, it helps our relation, like to, to go along with that too. Like even yesterday, like something Brenda and I, we've been trying to do is, is really rather than like be quick to anger and just like jump into to arguing or like a feeling a certain way and just taking it out on one another. We've been trying to be a little bit more intentional about how we, talk with one another and stuff and so yesterday I, w I could feel like this sense of I was just frustrated a little bit mm -hmm. I was I even talked to you about it like there's a part of me I feel I'm just like disorganized in a lot of ways and I feel like I'm failing at some stuff and just like this and that and so she texted me and and I'd been kind of praying into it too and I was just like hey you know today I'm feeling a certain way you know um it, it you know there's nothing I'm not taking it out on you or anything but I'm feeling this way and she was like it's gonna be okay you know, don't be frustrated. We'll we'll do this. Here's how we'll you know. And it yeah. was a, a good conversation. So even even taking that stuff to God and being honest with Him, it it allows you to function in your other relationships properly. Yeah. Uh, and it's and it's in a healthy way. Yeah, there, because because so. that's what you don't want is like we said, being a slave to your emotions, where you just cannot control anything. Yeah. 
and uh, or, or being fickle with your emotions where you just sort of overlook what's going on with somebody in your family, but you absolutely wig out over something <laughs> yeah. that nobody else thinks is a big deal at all. Yeah. And, and that, that happens to us. Yeah. Uh, but repressed emotions, something that we talk about, you know, I'd encourage people, you know, if, if you've dealt with loss or grief or, or sadness or, and, and it could even be just like from a change in life, it doesn't necessarily have to be a death. Uh, there's a sermon we preached back a couple of years ago, 2021, January, but it's on the podcast um, called Grieving Forward. But there's just a lot of good information as far as how you actually move forward. Like if you don't grieve your past properly, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to move forward into the future. You go into the future with this kind of numbness. Yeah. And you're and you're wondering what it is, but you've set these walls up to where you can't experience you've repressed so many emotions and pushed them down and not grieve properly that really you need the Holy Spirit to come in and dig some of that stuff up so you can work through it appropriately and heal and then enter into the full range of God-given emotion once again. Yeah. And be open to greater levels of love and joy and stuff like that. Yeah, that's another beautiful thing about the Psalms, going back to those, is because you do see like those chapters, it's like, man, this guy's going through some stuff. Yeah. But then on the, the very next chapter, it's like, man, he's confident in who he is. Praising like he's God. Praising God, feeling the love of the Lord, yeah. you know, his enemies are taken out and all this stuff. And so you see the how it's supposed to be. You, yeah. You're, you're open, you're honest before God in the bad times, but you're also, in, in doing so, you're able to experience fully the joy and the peace and, and the love and the good times, so, so to speak. Yeah. You're able to experience all that how it's meant to be experienced. Yeah. Rather than just kind of getting into this, like, you don't feel nothing. It's no, yeah. no bad nor good. It's just like, ugh. Yeah, because that's the thing, man. You, you want to be able to go through difficult times or even times that, there are even times of righteous anger to some degree. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Um, you want to be able to go through those times, though, without getting locked into them. Yeah. You you process yeah. them, and you don't let anger control your life or become a dominant feeling in your life so that, you know, you can process your anger, you can process something that went wrong in the day, and you can come and bring that to God, and then you can go home and really celebrate your family and have peace and joy, and that's what we're all pursuing. And that's mm-hmm. that. Sometimes that's difficult, and I, I find myself honestly at times, like even if I don't have time when I get home for a minute, I, I need I have to figure out how to turn certain things off in my soul in order to tap into joy and love to share with my family. And then that evening, if I'm still feeling it, man, I'm going to the prayer closet to try to. <laughs> trying to dump some of that off before the Lord, yeah, and say, Lord, I need I need some help here in this area, yeah, and uh, but sure, but you know there is a. It says on page sixty two, there are a few places in our world where we can find the opportunity for emo- emotional vulnerability, but the church should undoubtedly be one of them. And I love what he says here. Worship is an ex- excellent place to express honest emotion. But all of our management mechanisms tell us to hold back and not express too much emotion, even before God. And he says, as followers of Jesus, we're called to love God with the whole bandwidth of our emotions. Now, I'm not looking for people to get necessarily crazy for crazy's sake when it comes to worship. But why is it that we are so, so radically reserved when it comes to worship? 
yeah, you think? I, I, I don't know. Um, it, it, because if you – the way I look at it is like, I don't know, I'm pretty, you know, when worship is going on, I'm pretty expressive. Like I'm standing and lifting my hands, doing all that stuff. I'm, but – if I can go to, a, we've said this before. I've said it before. If we can, if I can go to a ball game and get fired up, or sit at home in the recliner and watch a watch a UK win, and then stand up and cheer and celebrate, and I can't get off my hind end and give the same kind of energy to worshiping the Lord God who yeah. created me and who saved my soul and has given me life. If I can't, if that don't stir me and fire me up. Yeah, like I feel like there's and, and and honestly, if I look back in my life, when if there's Sundays where I'm not feeling that, then something's off in my spirit. Yeah, um, and I need to get back to that place where I can. I, I like I like what David said here. You know, um, I'll celebrate before the Lord, and I will become even more undignified than this. You know? Yeah, that's <laughs> when he he they they were bringing the ark of the covenant in. He's celebrating literally the presence of God coming back to Jerusalem, and his wife up there, who represents dead religion and bondage, says, "Yeah, you were so undignified dancing before the Lord like this out there." And he said, "You know what, woman? I'll celebrate before the Lord. I'll dance before the Lord, and I'll be be even more undignified than this." <laughs> you know, because there comes a point where that, that's one thing that David understood. Man, he he was he was more man than anybody listening to this podcast. He cut your head off and not blinking eyes on. Like he was a man's man. Yeah. He whipped hind in. He killed Goliath. <laughs> uh, and and he would if you put him in a UFC cage fight, he'd dominate you. Yeah. But he was emotionally healthy. He was vulnerable. He he knew how to love God. He knew how to worship God. He knew knew how to pour out his soul. He was a worshiping warrior. Yeah. And sometimes us men, we got hard hearts and we think it's the manly thing to just shove all of our emotions down. But God's saying, yeah, and that's why that's why at at home you're miserable and your wife is constantly aggravated at you because you don't know how to live an emotionally healthy life because you at the core refuse to worship God with all of your soul. Yeah. And that is a, that's probably mildly offensive, but I'm going to go one step further and say that when a person has, because here's the thing, I get it. You come into, because it, because it's not all about a worship service. It's yeah. not all about what, worship is way, way, way more yeah. than Sunday morning and singing yeah. songs. Yeah. It's about your heart before God all day, every day. But there is something about corporate worship that if you can, if you come into corporate worship and you're, and you're serious about serving the Lord, and you can't fully open your heart to God in some of these areas, then what you probably have is you may not have a real relationship with God. You may just have an outward form of religion. And most people have grown up in churches where their religion is just all about knowledge that they have about God, has nothing to do. It's all mind, all intellect, nothing to do with heart, soul, and strength. Mm. Yeah. That's what I find in most churches around here. It's it's all intellect. It's a doctrine you believe. Yeah. It's something in your mind. So you go home, you watch a ball game, you lose your mind. You yeah. get emotional as all get out. Super passionate somebody, about everything Somebody else. cuts you off in traffic, you holler, anything. Yeah. But when you come to church, you got no emotion. Mm. And it's it's dead religion. Yeah. If you're in a relationship with God, it's your whole it's your whole heart. Soul, mind, strength. You get more excited about God than you get about the Bengals going to the, going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like if 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 it's the if it's real to you. Yeah. And so I mean I I would just in a loving way 
push up against that? I mean, what what have you allowed to form, you know, how you view your relationship with God? Have you given God your soul? Yeah. Worship is a place. God's presence is, is meant to be the place where we are absolutely the most free and where we can let out deep emotions that lie within. Uh, Psalm 103, one of the best psalms ever, he says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins and heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everybody who knows me, my, I'm not very honestly a very emotional person. Most people probably say I'm pretty boring and drab, I'd say, for the most part. But when I get into the things of God and I start preaching, I get fired up. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something that comes out of my soul that gets me excited yeah. about the things of God. Mm-hmm. And... um and, and I think, you know, ultimately we want that full range of emotions to come into every area of our life in a very healthy way where just like Jesus did, says he's the most emotionally integrated person that has ever lived. He, he wept at the right times. He got angry at the right times. He laughed at the right times. He expressed the full range of human emotions. And being a healthy disciple is, is to learn to give our souls to Jesus in such a way where he's able to use our emotions for the kingdom of God. Amen. All right, moving on to um, all of your mind. The mind is the faculty of perception and reflection that directs our opinions and judgment. It encompasses our will, our intentions, and our purposes. Um, we must love God with our intelligence. And I love what it says here at the bottom. Um, it's, it's, we have to learn as Christians to place our intellect in strict subordination to God's revelation of himself and his views on everything else. Leisure, sexuality, our finance, uh, vacation even, uh, advertising, relationships, Everything in between, we're to love God so fully with our minds that we love the things He loves, and we undergo a transformation of our minds. Yeah. Um, when I think about now, you know, the mind, like you said, it has it has to do do with our opinions, our judgments, how we think about things. Mm-hmm. And the Bible teaches, Paul says that we to put off our old selves in Ephesians four that has become corrupted according to the deceitful desires of this world and we're to be renewed in the in the spirit or the attitude of our minds and put on the new self. Yeah. Uh, scripture says we're to have the mind of Christ. We're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. And so the way we think about things, the values that we hold are, are so essential because, you know, and this is why it's important that we don't just read the Bible or have a Bible devotional, but we really are thoughtful about what the Word of God says, and we learn it and we study it. I told you this morning something that God's really been speaking to me about, man, is uh, the parable of the sower and just my own philosophy for ministry and, and, and how what that looks like for us moving forward as a church. But first and foremost, man, so many people, he said, you know, people sow the, the seed, the word of God and the first batch of it falls by the wayside. And he says, those are the people who they don't understand it. 
And so the evil one comes and steals the seed that was sown out of their heart. They don't have an understanding because we're not breaking these things down for them intellectually and really picking apart the, the lies that culture tells us and putting in its place, here's what God says, and mm-hmm. bringing real clarity to it. Yeah, We need to know what we believe, what the Word of God says. And so that means that you don't just read the Bible, but you become a student of God's Word, and you have a hunger for it. You worship Him with your mind and filling your mind with the things of God and thinking deeply about them. Some people say, well, it's just too deep. I ain't, willing. I don't, I ain't interested in going that deep. Now, if you worship God with your mind, you're willing to think about hard things. Yeah. You're willing to talk about uh, deep issues and, and really press into what does God say about this yeah. and think uh, critically about what the world is saying and what what other people are teaching but but what does you know one place he says there's a healthy intellectual need to question things mm. and an important need to grow in wisdom and understanding we should question things we should we should have conversations about what the bible says in specific areas we should be able to disagree on secondary issues but have a conversation that will actually cause us to grow in it you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we don't want to just avoid a conversation about a disagreement where it pertains to salvation or spiritual gifts or this or that. Now, let's go to the Bible. Let's think about this. Let me get your viewpoint. Let me get your opinion. So most of the topics, honestly, that that have uh, confused me or I should say that people question me on the most, what I will do is I will go get books by people and read every single view available. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I want to know what the people that I disagree with have to say about it. Yeah. Because I want I want to see it from every angle, and then I want to go back to the Word of God with the Spirit of God and say, Lord, where was I wrong? What's right? And I want to be thoughtful, and I want to give Him my mind and, mm-hmm. and, and be discerning in those things. I don't know if that's helpful. I think on a more general level, when he's pull, if I pull back a little bit more, it's just like in your day-to-day life, ask yourself the question, what does Jesus think about that? Yeah. What, what does Jesus think about sickness? What does Jesus think about work? What does Jesus think about how I'm spending my money, what yeah. I'm doing for pleasure, what I'm watching on TV, yeah. the music I'm listening to? What does he think about that? What are his thoughts toward that? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think just as, as people... In general, we're just so quick to believe anything and everything. Yeah, we'll swallow um, it. I mean, we we just we we don't. Care. I, I I don't know. I, I I was preaching there a couple of weeks ago, and some some things I was reading, studying. You know, it it was saying that we a lot of times arrive at the core of our beliefs not based on any real truth or anything, but essentially just what feels good to us. So we just take all these things, and you know, if it appeals to us or feels good, we just accept it as truth. And really, you know, what we have to do here, I love what it says on page 65, Um, this uh, deprogramming process is what the Bible calls taking captive every thought. The key to our future is not our opinion or instinct, but aligning our opinions, thoughts, and instincts to how Christ thinks. And that's what we have to do. I mean, we just take stuff and it's just like... Um, you know, we adopt this or adopt that, and and really we have no idea what God even says about it. And we have to learn, like you said, to be intentional about aligning everything, our intellect, 
uh, and, and the stuff we're learning, the stuff we're reading, the stuff we're watching, we have to line it up. We have to take thoughts captive, like it says here, yeah, and line it up to see what Christ thinks about it. Yeah, and I, lo- I love those scriptures. It lays out Second Corinthians ten three through five uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal; they're not natural, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations arguments, reasonings, the Greek word there's logismos. It's it has to do with it can be arguments, it can be reasonings, it can even be sort of like teachings or arguments that people bring against you. Yeah. But it says take you know, tearing down those imaginations, pulling them down, and then taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Um, and so you you see that that you're pulling down those strongholds that you're you're taking these thoughts captive. So you demolish those arguments because they exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. There are so many things in our culture and in our world. Satan, literally, doctrines of demons that are floating around. They're trying to exalt themselves up against what God actually says in His Word. Mm. And and so. We have to come to the Word of God and notice in our own thinking, this does not agree with what God says on this issue. Yeah. This does not agree with who God says I am. This does not agree with God's design for my life and the life of others. Yeah. Therefore, I choose to actively pull down that argument and reasoning and replace it with what God's Word says. And that, in its essence, is, is the greatest form of spiritual warfare because you're creating a fortress in your mind in which when the enemy shoots a dart, a fiery dart of fear or some kind of other belief or some kind of lie, you just catch that thing and say, no, man, not in my house. Yeah. I'm taking that thought captive. I'm not letting it exalt itself against the knowledge of God in my mind because yeah. I'm going to make my, make my life a, a fortress mm-hmm. for God to inhabit and change my thinking on that. And that's what he says. When a rebellious thought or idea comes into your mind, instead of entertaining it, you grab hold of it and subject it to your new way of thinking. You learn to listen to Jesus' truth and not Satan's lies. And, you know, I think it was uh, Charles Spurgeon said, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can keep it from building a nest. Mm. And you're going to have some weird thoughts. And you're going to watch some stuff and see some stuff and things are going to pass by. The demonic's going to drop some nuggets in there and try to put them in there. But that's why you need to know God's word and say, you ain't building a nest here, bro. Kick that, yeah. bird, kick that bird out. Yeah, and when you're like, going back to our, you know the season where we've been in with the consecrate and really you know praying and fasting and going after God, when you're sensitive to the things of God, it's easier to catch that stuff. Um now you, you notice you just be at home, and all of a sudden you get a thought or you get a feeling. You're like, "Whoa, yeah, that ain't from God." It's no. like now you're you're able to sense it, yeah, and you're not just numb to it. Uh, you can catch it, but if you're not following the way of Jesus, you know yeah. what we're talking about here. If you're not sensitive to the things of God and not um, not reading and not praying and not what you're you're not giving your full self to Him. Then you're not. It's it's hard for you to catch those lies. Yeah. You just adopt it. You don't even think about it. It's just like, oh, I feel this way. It just is what it is. You don't yeah. realize that now. You can go to war. Now you you can you can choose what to think. You can choose how you. You can choose what goes on in your mind. Yeah. You can choose the words to speak. You have a volition and a will, and if you exercise it, you can say, "No, I ain't thinking this. I'm yeah. thinking this." 
Yeah. And you can choose to put the Word of God in its place and renew your mind, which will transform you to actually perform God's will. And so you worship Him with your mind. And, and that means, you, you, like I said, you want to be, be a student of God's Word and, and be thoughtful about it, meditate on it. Yeah. We talk about how, you know, I loved it. I mean, I'm weird maybe. But I wasn't always this way, y'all. I mean, I just wasn't. I did not always love reading books. I just didn't. But when, when, when God saved me, it was like he just put such a hunger in my heart to have knowledge of, of, of the truth. Yeah. And maybe it's a part of my calling or whatever, but I, I, just, think that, I just think that there's something on the table for people who want to grow in grace and in the knowledge of God that he will, if you ask him, supernaturally enable you to go after wisdom and knowledge because mm-hmm. they're important they are and uh, and he'll teach you some things by his spirit so now the strength part of it it's interesting because you think well you love the lord with all your heart soul mind and strength so if i'm gonna love him with my strength i'm gonna go in here and do some bench press try to get up about 275 you know what i'm saying for the for the, two, <laughs> for, the for the lord about 275 for the lord right here but what he says is interesting and i got to be honest with you i had never um this is something that I had never come across uh, that he puts in the book, but he says the word translated might or strength in Deuteronomy, it usually functions as the adverb vary in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. 298 times to be exact. And uh, so if the word usually means vary, what would it mean to love the Lord our God with all of our variness? Variness, yeah, I like that. And he says the Greek translation of this Hebrew word is power, the Aramaic translation is wealth. So the strength of a person is not simply who he is, but what he has at his disposal. If Moses calls, it, Moses is called to love the Lord starts with our heart and then moves out to our emotions and thoughts, could not our variness be one step further and include all of our resources? So yeah. in other words, we love the Lord our God with everything available that we have in our lives, with our spouse, with our children, with our house, with our dorm room, with our pets, with our with the clothes we wear, with the yeah. tools we have, with our cell phone, the movies we watch, the music we listen to, the computers that we have, our time, the way we serve, all of our resources, yeah. giving that to him in its fullness and say, God, this is all for you. And, uh, and that's the goal. And that just makes sense, too. Yeah, yeah. I'd never heard it explained like that either, but it totally makes makes sense. And 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 so so again, we want to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength, and giving give Him that that wholehearted devotion. And uh, I think just to close out, we can do a quick thing here on examining your inner self mm-hmm. um, because it, it it's a huge thing to do what this is talking about here so many people and i really don't know how to explain it with the little time that i have but 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 i think people come you know they they want a relationship with god they have they come to church they hear a message they say amen in their minds you know but there's not necessarily any real response they go home maybe they pray a minute but there is not necessarily a deep examining of our inner self and there's so many things honestly buried in our hearts and things idols that we have in our hearts or wounds trauma from our past uh whatever it may be and and god has given us the holy spirit to really open up 
and he can put his finger on some of those things. I cannot tell you the number of times I've counseled with people, and I know that in order to get to deal with the issue at hand, we actually need to get down to some deep-rooted issues. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you the number of times I've prayed with people and said, you know, we're just, I'm just going, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to put his finger on and reveal whatever, whatever it is that we need to deal with. And, and there's more to it than that, but y- y- simply you go into that. You ask the Holy Spirit to reveal some things, and people will get vivid images, memories that they've not thought of in years. Yeah. Where the Holy Spirit reveals, here's where a wound is. Mm-hmm. And they'll start to talk about that and open it up, man, and they'll have to go through some forgiveness for some people that hurt them, or they'll have to repent from a sin that they've just sort of covered over, and, and the demonic's gotten access into their life, or but and or there's or there's you know an idol that God is putting His finger on that's saying this is a real cause of, of of some distress in your life that I need you to need you to give to me, and if you're open enough to let God in, it says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." Yeah, He's a perfect gentleman. Are you going to actually invite Him in and believe? That the Holy Spirit can do those types of works in shining a light into your soul and, and, and into your heart to start to deal with these issues. I tell people all the time, your soul, imagine your soul is like a thousand room hotel, okay? And you've got things in your past, uh, could be wounds, could be when your parents got a divorce, could be an encounter when you when you first had sex when what I, it could be anything I'm, I'm serious like just yeah any number of things. it could be any number of things I'm just throwing stuff out there but it could be a sin you committed it could be you practiced witchcraft and didn't know what you do I mean it could be a million different things but but in some of those rooms in room two thirty seven in your soul you have shut the door on that thing. And it's filled with all kinds of bitterness and anger and hatred or uh, whatever, abuse. Yeah. And you don't want to open that door. And you actually feel like it's better for you to keep that door closed so that it doesn't contaminate the other rooms. And just keep that door locked. But the problem is, is you now you're not wholehearted. Mm-hmm. There's areas in your soul that have been contaminated and you don't realize it. But that room in your soul is so infected that it actually is bleeding into the other rooms. Yeah. And and it's and it's it's affecting your your decision making. It's affecting your emotions. And what you need to do is open the door of that room and say, Jesus, I need you to come in to expose things in here that have been done to me, things that I've done. I may need to repent in some areas. Maybe I need to forgive somebody for something they've done to me. But I need you to walk into this room, Jesus, and heal me from some of those things. Yeah. And and so that's one of the questions David asks in Psalm one thirty nine: Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So God wants to come in. He wants to reveal. He wants to heal. And he wants to restore. And on page 72 and 73, it's going to take you through a list of questions. Heart questions. Soul questions. Am I repressing my emotions? Um, you know, am, am I becoming more emotionally attuned to the person of Jesus? Why or why not? Uh, it's got mind questions. What what are the what what am I thinking about on a daily basis? And strength questions. What resources am I withholding from God? And and if you go through those questions and just seriously sit down and you know on, on page seventy one maybe even jot some of that stuff down on a paper and answer that stuff. Yeah. Sit with the Lord. Invite Jesus into some trauma. Invite Jesus into some things 
and process what's going on. Examine your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, all of these things. And 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 I guarantee that God will show yeah. some stuff to you, and He'll start to open the door up for some healing and, and deliverance and freedom in your life. Yeah, and even even pray into some some things you may be even able. Maybe you want to talk about in small groups. Yeah, you know, the, like the book talked about. You know, the church is a place where we want to, and that's that. Small groups are so powerful in, in that regard. Even we had our first meeting here. Um, during the first meeting, you know, this semester, it's just amazing at how. Uh, you know, it's just a place where people can be vulnerable and open up and talk about these things, and we can pray for one another and bear one another's burdens, and it's a, it's a place of freedom and healing. And so, yeah, really good stuff, Clay. Yeah. I really enjoyed this chapter. It's uh, one of my favorites so far that we've done. I think it's I think it's really great. The Lord wants every part of us, and he wants us to walk in freedom. And even though it's uncomfortable sometimes, it's, uh, it's what's best for us. Yeah, man, he's trying to form us into the image of Jesus, and we just want to give it all to him. So God Amen. bless you guys. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll talk to you on the next one.